1: How to Dream Cowboys. Welcome back to the West World podcast. Today we're going to be counting down our top five TV episodes of all time. I'm James, and I'm Ryan,
0: and this is the West World podcast.
1: Do you think? Uh, do you think we ever changed the intro? I'll give it an update. What do you think?
0: So I've been listening. Do you listen to the podcast? I do. I do. Yeah. Okay, so I've been listening to a few podcasts just to... I like to listen back to see the phrases that I say too much and, and I, really just judging myself. Yeah. And There is one or two phrases that I really need to stop saying as much as I do. To be fair, is the main one I, I counted last or like the last six episodes. I might have said it over a hundred times. but I, And I was listening to the beginning and I was like, oh man... I don't know how cringy it is at this point for me that the low voice, West but I, you know what? I, I think that's the way it starts. And the people who like us, they might not like it, but they're used to it. So I'm down with it. I'm fine.
1: I've noticed the current in Vogue way to open up the introduction of a podcast is just to say, like, I say my name, you say your name, and then I say the title of the show and then we just quickly move on. You want to give that a try? Like right now? Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so uh, I say my name?
1: That's it. Just say your name. Uh, well, give okay. Me a, give me a second first. Oh, all right. No, no, no. nope. no, no, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no.
0: This is in. This is in. All right. This is all in, James.
1: Okay. Okay, okay. We're, we're, we're doing it, but all we're right. doing it live. James. Ryan. The Westworld Podcast. So today we're going to count down our top five favorite episodes of any TV series of all time. God. We nailed that. Yeah, that's that's how uh, that's how the pros are doing it these days. Not really. That's how every NPR podcast opens now. I, I guess they think it's cool, at least. I hated it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this was uh, originally going to be a top ten episodes, but making a top ten list is hard.
1: Yeah, especially because my biggest. St- TV-watching days were in my youth, man. And then even the episodes of those shows, which I remembered as being really awesome, like, don't hold up that well.
0: I will say, I, I had some great episodes in my 10 through 6 that have gotten chucked. One of them, to be fair... Ha! I, I Already. God damn it. Okay, so <laughs> I had Westworld Kixia in my top 10 i need you all to know that this is a westworld podcast it will not be in my top five but it was in my top 10 so just like understand that
1: and what your integrity is so strong that you won't just replace whatever number five is with that episode no
0: yeah i already i already wrote the list I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna copy paste because i feel like i owe you guys and gals something I should have. This was a mistake.
1: All right, so number one for me, Kixia from the Westworld season two. Oh, you suck.
0: You <laughs> suck so m- Are you going five to one, by the way?
1: No, no, I'm joking. I would never go five. I would never go one to five that's the worst way to do a top five top ten list i hate youtubers who do that i'm like man don't start with the best one and then end with the worst now my mind when the video is over is going to be thinking like oh yeah they're all shit y-
0: yeah you obviously go five to one also is five Kixia? no it's not actually
1: no, that was just a
0: a humor joke wow Fra- bunch of fan service
1: that's fake fan service but fan service nonetheless so maybe you haven't picked up on this dynamic, but uh, usually Ryan is more of the cool pop culture expert, and then I'm more of like the nerdy, <laughs> esoteric culture
0: expert. I have never been described as cool by anyone. My mom even is like, you're fine. Yeah, but you're with it, man. I'm not with it. I'm, I'm with it. You know who I'm also with, and I need to say this before we keep going? I am pet sitting so i am surrounded by dogs and cats if you hear dogs and cats i didn't put it in post they're here in real life
1: wow yeah that's actually a really good way to record a podcast is with a bunch of pets near uh
0: surrounded by animals
1: yeah that's cool i'm just gonna i'm gonna just turn on some running water too uh for no particular reason
0: okay cool i'm gonna put yeah rainforest sounds over this Boston Terrier scratching at me, being like, okay, but why aren't you paying attention to me?
1: Right, should, we, should we kick it off? With, should we put like a number five? Sound
0: of number five. Wait, actually, we should do honorable mentions first. What's one episode that you didn't put in your top five that's kind of
1: irking you and you feel sad about it? probably bart versus australia from the simpsons is like i remember that being the funniest shit in the world when i was a kid and then i watched it again recently and it's still pretty good but actually the uh the 22 minute cut that they would show on tv cuts out a lot of like the jokes that do not land so i i can't you know i can't uh in good conscience put it in your list yeah yeah
0: my honorable mention that I'm sad I couldn't put in there was Make Love, Not Warcraft, season 10, episode 8 of South Park. I South Park is, is not a guilty pleasure. It's just a pleasure of mine. I think in retrospect, it will be looked back upon as one of the greatest comedy series of all time. And it was between that and Scott Tennerman Must Die. But... Make Love, Not Warcraft is a near-perfect episode that the creators of the show actually hated. And the day after, they were like, I think we ruined it. We ruined the whole show. But turns out a lot of people liked it. And one of those people was me. Number five. Okay. My fifth episode in my top five TV episodes of all time is One Last Ride, the finale of Parks and Recreation.
1: Mm. parks
0: and rec parks and rec was a i will say a successor to the office it 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 had michael shore uh, created it he was one of the writers on the office and the office finale was a lot to live up to but i believe the parks and rec finale was even better it wraps up every character so so well ron is the in charge of an entire forest, a man among wood where he's always wanted to be. John Ralphio's there, one of my favorite characters. I mean, oh, to be fair, I did it again. You know what? I'm going to stop calling myself out on it because I've proven to me I've proven at this point that I can't ever stop saying it and it will be most of the podcast if I do.
1: Yeah, you got to I mean, you got to you got to be fair to yourself, man. To be
0: fair to me. Wow. James, you're like a modern philosophizer, dude. I know, right? Ah, dude. Anywho, Gary or Larry or Jerry is the president, not president. Oh, Ben or Leslie is probably president at the end of it. Spoilers for Parks and Rec. Jerry was mayor of Pawnee for a hundred years, not 100, well till he was a hundred. And there are just so many great things about the episode. It's, I think, one of the greatest finales in television history, or at least while I've been alive. This is a this list is going to be very recent. Like you know, I've I'm 31 years old, so anything that happened before that, I don't think
1: happened. So I'm going to give probably a couple weird answers uh, and then be more conventional as I move up the list. But I'm a huge fan of the Ken Burns documentaries. All of them are really good. Jazz, baseball. All of them uh, I could recommend, but the OG one is from uh, PBS and it's the Civil War and he basically invents modern historical documentaries where before, you know, you would just have a still black and white image of the past in your documentary while you talk over it for an hour. But then Ken Burns came up with this amazing idea to slowly pan and zoom over that still image revolutionary so so that something's happening on screen and uh suddenly you have more emotional connection because uh it's like something's happening
0: and the music is very and david mccullough has a soothing calming voice it is so good
1: yeah episode one is a great one i think my favorite is probably episode three which is called forever free and it deals with like the war is going really shitty and then Lincoln passes the Emancipation Proclamation anyway and uh, I don't know, it's just got a really beautiful and touching emotional ending. I watch the Civil War probably once a year. It's uh, It's something that I know so well now that I can just kind of have it on in the background if I'm doing something boring.
0: Tertiary to this, one of my favorite musicals is about the Civil
1: War also
0: uh who who won the civil war james
1: uh that would be uh the good guys wow which ones are those Uh, the the place where we're from the yankees
0: the north that's right
1: take that south although also you can watch spoilers. a lot of hilarious videos on youtube where they ask people they're like who won the civil war and all these young americans don't know they're like what year was the war of 1812 shit what year was that war that is a
0: humdinger i'm gonna say 1905 also letting everyone know that the north won the civil war is a total spoiler for that series now i should i even watch it
1: yeah right you know the twist ending
0: no oh, well the martians came out of nowhere Number four.
1: <laughs>
0: My number four episode, top episode all time things I've I have seen. Also, by the way, these are going to be very specific to us. This is not going to be incredibly relatable to everybody. I hope it's relatable to somebody, but again, these are not the top five episodes of all time subjectively to everyone on the earth. It's just to us. Number four for me is Game of Thrones: The Reigns of Castamir. Better known as the Red Wedding, season 3, episode 9. Some stuff happens with Bran, some stuff happens with John. but, oh, and some even like less interesting things happen with Danny, the future genocidal maniac spoiler alert. And you know, it, all of those things barely matter. The thing that matters is the red wedding. It was a moment in television history that I, I will always remember being like, oh, television can do that? Okay, great. Wow. And I, I attribute a lot of that to George R.R. R. Martin. Tell me, James, how close is the Red Wedding in the book to what happened on screen? I actually don't know.
1: Yeah, uh, a, a lot of things in season three are done almost perfectly, uh, mirroring how they're done in the book, with just some minor variations and so the red wedding is actually a tr- uh, pretty faithful. Just one or two things happens differently in the books. What two things? Um, different people are killed. Like Rob's wife isn't the same character in the book and in the show. And, oh, but uh, in the in TBF the sh-
0: to myself, when she gets stabbed in the tum tum, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, that doesn't
1: happen in the in the books.
0: What's the second thing?
1: I think the person that Kat kills is also different than whom she. Oh. Kills who,
0: The person she slashes the neck of is not Walder Frey's wife, who he doesn't care about.
1: I think it's a different character.
0: Well, I will tell you. Either way, the Lannisters send their regards.
1: So again, yeah, sorry guys, I'm gonna have weird one again because. Hey, it's not it's not weird to you,
0: James, and that's what matters.
1: There's somebody out there is gonna remember this episode. I bet. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about anime, guys. Sorry, everyone. Um, honestly i'm sad i don't have more
0: anime on my list i I, i'm an anime pleb you are a savant in a way but i'm sad that's one that's one word for it what's another word no
1: i'm uh, making a bad joke (laughs) (laughs) i mean it can it be so bad i larfed. so uh there was an anime that came out several years ago and was kind of popular if you were into anime in 2010 and it's called, uh, yeah. This is so approachable. The title of the anime is "Dudaradarara," so that's a D-U, and then three R-A's. <laughs> Despite that, it's a really good show, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it takes place in like a slightly fantastic version of Tokyo, where like there's a lot more crime and supernatural things happening, and there's this like anarcho-collective gang without any kind of leadership or hierarchy called the Dollars, and you hear about them throughout the show, and then episode 6 it's kind of like revealed what what their actual deal is, and it's just like a beautiful, funny kind of one-shot episode in the middle of a pretty complicated story, and it's James, just one of the best what's episodes their of de- anime. what's their deal? Well, you, you gotta tell us what the deal you'd is. You'd have to watch and see, man. I don't want to spoil it. You have to. This well, is then, I mean, <laughs> their deal is that they're kind of the good guys, right? But you don't know that at first. Oh. So they're they're made out to be the bad guys, but they're the good guys well, instead? They're made out to be, like, mysterious and dangerous. Oh. It's better than I I'm like- explaining it, man. Everyone should watch. If you're into anime, uh, I don't know. Maybe you're young. You haven't heard of da-da-da-da. It's pretty, it's pretty conventional among anime nerds, uh, I think. But it's definitely not mainstream.
0: Well, now that you've told me about da dur da I am interested in it. Also, I love that I was like, "What is their deal?" And you're like, "Well, I can't tell you." That's the whole podcast, man. It's the whole. It's <laughs> the whole conceit of this podcast.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, this is uh, uh Is this like what spoiler cast? I guess. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Snapchat. these shows, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about the series finale of one show.
0: Oh my god. Well, I already I already talked about the series finale of Parks and Rec, so. I right
1: mean, and and we gave away who wins the civil war the south oh okay oh uh, yeah i guess i don't remember that well
0: yeah well i mean i guess you should watch the documentary again yeah. T- you idiot
1: number three.
0: Oh man that was a good number three i'm glad you did it you killed that good job tbf i'm being fair to you when i say <laughs> that you killed that
1: <laughs> jeez yeah you're being too fair maybe
0: I'm not being fair, nearly fair enough. Number three on my list is Niagara. It's a two-parter, season six, episode four, and five, but I'm going to count it as one episode because this is our podcast and I can do whatever I want. It's season six, episode four, and five of The Office. It's the one where Jim and Pam head up to Niagara Falls with the entire rest of The Office to get married. Michael hooks up with Pam's mom Dwight hooks up with one of Pam's bridesmaids, we learned about Jim's brothers and they're both kind of dicks. They all do a dance. The one that was on the YouTube at the time, you know, Andy puts a key through his own scrotum. Gosh diggity. And and, you know, it was, it was basically like one of the best parts about the office is that they really make you wait for the Jim and Pam saga. They don't just, le- they don't let the relationship happen too quickly. It's a lot like real life in that if something good is actually going to happen to you, it's going to take a very long time and it's going to hurt like hell along the way. So we waited six seasons to see these two people get married. They invited the entire office with them. So hijinks would ensue. You obviously know that and you know when Jim and Pam are standing on the edge of the ship at Niagara Falls a place that I once went to in one day taking a six-hour trip there and a six-hour trip back which is this, I'm making this about me but again my podcast and you know oh Kevin Kevin's in his shoes that smell and the hotel throws them out oh my god so many great things happen in that episode But it's mostly the dance. It's mostly the dance. And Michael... Oh my god, Michael's... I I wish you guys... This was a visual medium so I could show you guys Michael's painting of Jim and Pam. But just like, Google it. Just Google it. Okay.
1: I was and remain a huge fan of Dan Harmon's old show, Community. And my favorite episode has got to be the one where they all sit down and play Dungeons & Dragons together. ...entitled Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. But, I should also do an honorable mention of the other episode that is about a pillow fight... ...which is a parody of Ken Burns' The Civil War. Wow. Look at
0: that. That's a call to tie-in right there. I also really like that episode. What is that subplot with the rotund gentleman whom I believe has his feelings hurt? It was one of the times where I was watching Community where I was like, Hey! Why am I sad? I love this show.
1: Yeah, well they play D D in order to befriend a loner in their school named Fat Neil, who wow. Jeff has a lot of grief uh about him being depressed because he coined the name Fat Neil. And uh the you know, his excuse was feel there's you know, they were there were two Neils.
0: <laughs> That's not a good enough excuse, but go on.
1: Yeah, and then the name stuck, and so he was a loner and he was sad and they were worried about him, so they played D D with him.
0: That's a wonderful lesson. Also, D&D is a wonderful game. A game that I'm sad I didn't get into in my teens. I had to wait until my 30s to get into Dungeons & Dragons, where the shame had lifted off the game. Now it's cool to be a nerd, James.
1: Yeah, it's that Silicon Valley life, man. Uh, now nerds are rich and successful, and, and uh, jocks are uh, addicted to pain meds.
0: Ah, well, I mean, nerds should also be addicted to pain meds. They're great. Wow. I know I am. I know. I'm on oxycotton right now. I wouldn't even know where to get Oxycontin. I, that's a fun game I've played with people just in a you circle. get it from the
1: doctor, bro. Oh,
0: but like, I don't need it. How do you get
1: it? <laughs> this should you twist. You twist your ankle, and then you and then then a year later you're you're doing heroin.
0: I broke my ankle like eight years ago. Do I get drugs? By the way, I just want to point point out something again. Not a visual medium. I'm using a backup microphone, and I am holding my pop filter with my hands.
1: Nice, man. I've got my microphone wrapped in a stocking, a woman's stocking, which works as a pop filter man
0: the things we do for you guys our audience that we love so much the things we do the pop is it's very light but but holding my arms out like this is very difficult we love you guys
1: number three
0: no i thought i think we're on number two now yeah number two (laughs) this is where we got down to the nitty-gritty james this is where I was just had my hand on my head, tears in my eyes. That was though that was just because I, I had watched the first episode of Black Mirror again, and it was just so good that I that I cried tears of joy. But that was also on my honorable mentions, not on this one. Anywho, <laughs> the the West Wing was I'm gonna say was my favorite show of all time right up there with the office until game of thrones came into my life and the west it, it might still be up there I, I might wake up tomorrow and be like i'm wrong the west wing is still the best but the west wing uh, its first four seasons anyway that aaron sorkin was a part of before his coke-fueled romp ended and nbc decided to take the show away from him in season two episode four there's this episode called in this white house it's the episode where we meet ainsley hayes a Republican from North Carolina who in the opening scene beats up on Sam Seaborn played by Rob Lowe on national television while his pals Josh and Toby get popcorn to watch him get the crap kicked out of him. Metaphorically, it was a verbal argument, a verbal jab match, if you will. There wasn't an actual like fist fight on the, on the national airwaves, although that would have been great as well in this episode there's a made up AIDS ridding country that is taken over by a by a coup and Ainsley Hayes goes to the White House after beating up on Sam Seaborn and and they offer her a job and she thinks it's a joke she's a Republican and this is a Democratic White House and she's like I've always wanted to work in the White House but do I have to work in this White House Emily Proctor plays Ainsley Hayes one of my favorite side characters in the West Wing and she's not going to take the job until she sees that the coup has occurred. The president, Jed Bartlett tells the president of the nation that the coup that occurred on, that his wife is in exile. His two sons are dead and his entire country is pretty much gone. He says he has to go home and save them. And Jed Bartlett says that if he goes there and lands, they will kill him at the airport. And Ainsley Hayes, by chance, just watches all of this and then goes back to her Republican friends at the end and they say, I want to, I want to see Leo McGarry, the chief of staff's face, when you turned down this job. I want to see their smug faces. And she says to them, the people I saw today are patriots. They love what they do. You can call them smug. You can call their policies insane, but do not say it in front of me because i'm their lawyer and she took the job james oh my god i love the west wing so much
1: yeah wasn't there news aaron sorkin was gonna bring it back
0: yeah a little bit i think that the entire cast i mean bradley whitford who played josh lyman and uh, rob lowe i'm not sure so i i think the the idea for the the bring back show was that Sam Seaborn played by Rob Lowe was going to run for president because like in an actual episode Jed Bartlett the president in the West Wing tells Sam Seaborn he's going to run for president one day and he's going to be good at it so they were going to bring it back but I guess that's not happening at this moment it might happen in the future but it's not happening right now because Aaron Sorkin is busy writing a live adaption of a few good men and Probably about 500 million other projects. It would have been 100 million other projects, but he doesn't do cocaine anymore.
1: Oh yeah, that would have given him the energy to continue making The West Wing.
0: Right, and a bit of that nose candy. This podcast is more a lot about drugs, James.
1: So for my next one, this show, it certainly still is popular, but I think maybe it's in decline. People liked the early seasons a lot better than the later ones, and... That's why I'm talking about episode one of Black Mirror, entitled National Anthem, which, so, the big criticism about Black Mirror that every episode is like, what about, like, technology, but then too much? But then National Anthem doesn't actually have anything to do with technology. It's just a crazy premise. It's just like a fucked up episode of The Twilight Zone where a terrorist forces the Prime Minister to have sex with a pig on national television or the princess is going to die. It's just I love that idea where you take a fucking ridiculous concept and then you just write out how it would actually play out in reality, which is like as terrible as the movie Human Centipede is, it does that in a really fucked up and interesting way. I won't spoil anything, but the the movie Hereditary is also kind of like that where it's like what if this batshit insane thing happened and then life went on, you know?
0: That movie's nuts. But yeah, and I mentioned the national anthem, the episode episode one of Black Mirror that you're talking about right now earlier in the show. Because it's not my honorable mentions. It's my favorite episode of Black Mirror. By the way, the new season's getting lambasted on the internet. The one with Miley Cyrus I thought was pretty good sans one or two lines that I thought were stupid. The second episode had Moriarty from the new Sherlock in it, and I thought it was pretty good. I really liked it.
1: And I heard that the second episode from the new season is Robot Adjacent. So maybe we need to look into that for the Robot Movie Club, even though it's uh, not a movie. We should both watch it and see if it's recap and
0: reviewable. Uh, But I will say, the two I watched, pretty good. Not as good as the National Anthem. In fact, I was just watching it.
1: Yeah, and National Anthem is so unique to the whole series that I wonder if it was originally written as part of Black Mirror or as a separate project that got turned into an episode of Black Mirror.
0: Right, I mean, Charlie Brooker writes all of them and he wrote that one. My favorite part of that episode is the end where he comes out of hiding after a year. He's actually more popular as a prime minister than he was previously, even after that awful thing happened to him. After 18 million people watched him have intercourse with a pig for over an hour, and the guy who made him do it killed himself, and the princess was let go 30 minutes ahead of, before the actual act occurred, but it didn't matter because everyone didn't find her because they were all watching their screens, which was the point, but the end of that where him and his wife the prime minister and his wife is walking around and then and they all look they look fine and then they get back in their house and she won't even look at him god that that god that episode is so good i just ruined it for you guys but you guys should watch it oh wow we finally got here james our favorite episode of television of all time hey. it's 2 a.m. where ryan is it's 2 a.m. where Ryan is, and the cat is attacking a... Of so, Stop that. The cat stopped. Great. <laughs> uh, the... F- hey, come on. I just asked you to stop, dude. And you're like, you didn't? And I like, asked you so nicely. He's looking at me now like, yeah, I don't care what you feel. You're not my dad. Anywho, my number one episode of television of all time is season four... Episode 9 of Game of Thrones. Yes, I put Game of Thrones on here twice. I don't know what to tell you. It's my favorite television show of all time, even though that last season got a little iffy. Season 7 was I think even worse than season 8 was. Season 8 had even some bright moments and very interesting things that happened. But either way, seasons 1 through 4 as we've said multiple times are are near masterpieces if not masterpiece, like, if not the best seasons of television ever created, in my opinion, The Watchers on the Wall is my favorite episode of any television show of all time. It's the one where I can just watch it over and over and over again. It's the one where John is, you know, helping defend the wall with Alistair and Ed and uh, Pip is still alive and Wren is still alive. He held the gate and Piff got, you know, arrowed in the He got arrowed in the neck, James. It was so sad. Anywho, an Egret John Snows, Kit Harrington's future wife in real life. Wife in real life, look at that. I rhymed it. and uh, which by the way. We maybe we'll we should take a minute to do a Kit Harrington update at the end the end the end of this because we've I've talked about Game of Thrones twice now but he has a little bit of a relationship with the town that we grew up in which is very weird it's a tiny town in yeah, Connecticut he's,
1: he's Ryan's roommate right now actually. yeah
0: and he has an opioid addiction too that's you know what that's that's going too far <laughs> it's an alcohol addiction and that's it's the the world knows that now and everything's fine but he's going to rehab in my town isn't that fun tmz is clogging up the streets Anywho, The Watchers on the Wall. (laughs) There are giants. They shoot giant arrows and they blow things up. And there is an anchor that goes across the wall and it knocks all of the wildlings who are climbing up it. And they just get smeared across that thing. And it's Mance Raider's first try. And it wouldn't have been his last, although it goes poorly. Stannis Baratheon comes all up in his stuff in the next episode. And, you know, and then Jon Snow. This is, I can't talk about season four, episode 10. This is not the episode I'm talking about. The Watchers on the Wall. The Knights watch along with you know the direwolf ghost and Jon and they 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 defend it, James, and they win, but Jon Snow doesn't really win because Egret dies and that's real sad for him. He knows nothing. Jon Snow you know nothing. Tormund, hit by several arrows, is captured on John's orders, but not killed. Thank God, because Tormund will go on to be one of the best side characters, not only in Game of Thrones, but in television history. <sighs> and Ollie shoots Egret, which makes his future death that much better, because fuck Ollie.
1: I am also going to go to HBO for my number one episode of television, but I'm going to take us back to 2005 before there was any plan for Game of Thrones, and Six Feet Under, I don't know if people still remember this show. I certainly don't hear people talk about it that much, but it's like a really amazing drama comedy about a family who runs a funeral home in California, and it's so good. And I think today maybe people would call it out for being like performatively woke or whatever, but in 2001, this was cutting-edge woke. And it's just so funny and well-written. And the ending, you know, people talk about how they dropped the ball for the Game of Thrones ending. The ending to the show is so perfect. They completely and logically wrap up every character arc. And then once that is done, the last ten minutes or so of the episode is them, like, doing, like, basically a life review for every character. Showing, like, scenes from what is going to happen I think if you haven't watched Six Feet Under, can't recommend it enough. I'm going through it again right now, courtesy of Ryan, who has given me the credentials to use his HBO Now account.
0: Whew, what a good friend I am. What a good and well and, and also TBF James, to be fair, I, I I'm not using my HBO Go account right now all that much. I just finished Chernobyl, which by the way the finale of Chernobyl was on my honorable mentions as well. Good God, was that show good. But talk more about Six Feet Under.
1: (laughs) I just think, personally, it's the best HBO show. I think a lot of people would probably say that is The Sopranos, but I honestly think that Six Feet Under has a way stronger ending than The Sopranos.
0: Yeah, and the finale for The Sopranos was very controversial because of the last thing that happens and I won't ruin that for you guys either but the last thing in the Sopranos
1: like
0: Sopranos decided to have a vague ending whereas it ends
1: purposely on a cliffhanger like shows are supposed to accidentally do
0: right and Six Feet Under doesn't do that Six Feet Under has the courage I mean I'm not I'm not that far. I'm not that against the Sopranos ending. It's just this 6 Feet Under is like, no no no, this is what happens and we're going to nail it.
1: Yeah, it, it's a perfect ending uh to a really great show. Ryan, you never seen 6 Feet Under, right?
0: No, but when I was saying that just then, didn't it feel like I did?
1: You should watch it, man. You okay. would like it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm going
0: I'm probably going to. No, I mean now that now that you've rated it as your top episode of all time,
1: I kind of have to. You can watch it on HBO now. You can catch da 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 da. The first two seasons. The third season is trash. The first two. of The first first one's amazing. Yeah, why, the second one's okay. <laughs> you can find the first season da 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 on Netflix, baby. If you're in America, I don't know about other countries.
0: That's true. Parks and Rec you can find on Netflix. Game of Thrones obviously on HBO Go. The Office is on Netflix, and The West Wing is also on Netflix wowie kazowie streaming services that we aren't being advertised with (laughs) yeah
1: they're not paying us to do this and you can draw parallels between aaron sorkin and alan ball because they had a really good show and then a show that wasn't so good like aaron sorkin had the west wing and then he had studio 60 and then alan ball had six feet under and then he had true blood which started out strong but then got really weak towards the end
0: oh my god yes that's exactly the that's it was so good at the beginning
1: i visited the set
0: of true blood when i was on the warner brothers lot and it was so so cool and it was during the time this was 2010 2011 it was god it was like a wonderful day i that show is so good at the beginning and then it just takes a shit
1: And the same thing is true with Aaron Sorkin, which is everyone loved Westworld, Westworld, everyone loved the West Wing, and then his next show, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, was a total flop and nobody liked it.
0: Yeah, nobody liked that show. And then the newsroom had its good and bad moments, but I will say one of the honorable mentions that I have is the newsroom pilot because it's great. I, in fact, watched it today. While I was putting this uh, list together, I watched a few of the episodes. Most of the ones were on my honorable men. I watched We Just Decided to the newsroom pilot. I watched uh, the National Anthem, the Black Mirror episode that you mentioned. And those are the two. Yep, those are the two. The rest of the time, I was throwing a ball for a Boston Terrier who looked at me like I wasn't doing it well enough. Have
1: you ever seen Studio 60 on Sunset Strip? I watched the pilot, I, I've never, never seen that it episode sounded
0: like Aaron Sorkin wrote it. You know what I mean?
1: It's Air, It's if Aaron Sorkin made 30 Rock, basically. Right.
0: Sadly, 30 Rock is also... I actually didn't think about 30 Rock at all, and now I'm sad about it because that show is so, so stupidly good. Another example of a finale that just rips, man. It's so... I, I, the, Jack McBrayer's character Kenneth, another one of the best side characters of all time, and Alec Baldwin won everything for that show. By the way, Alec Baldwin is going to be Jessup. I think is that his name, the Colonel in a Few Good Men, the live version that Aaron Sorkin is writing, uh, he, the Jack Nicholson character, that's going to be Alec Baldwin. Anywho, it is two thirty in the morning right now. What time is it in Japan? Over here, it's 3 p.m. Boy, oh, boy. Our lives are different.
1: <laughs> I yeah, I need to
0: go to sleep.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you're just listening, it means a lot to us. If you want to go the extra mile, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on SoundCloud. You can email us at thewestworldpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, hosting audio is expensive, but Ryan and I eat that fee because we love this. This is a hobby for us. We're not in it to make a million dollars. But if you want to offset the cost that we pay to put these episodes up, you can find us on Patreon. If you donate to us at the $5,000 a month level, you get Ryan's phone number and you can text him whenever, and he has to text you back.
0: I will text you at all hours of the night, and I am proving that right now. I stay awake to record podcasts so i will obviously text you back if you'd like to tweet us we're at westworld ryan if you'd like to email us we're at the Podcast at gmail.com say words to us about the things that you feel think and want
1: and need
0: i'm james and i'm ryan and this is the Westworld podcast